Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Curb Appeal. You know it when you see it. And with the Home Depot, today is the day for doing. Boost your curb appeal with the best brands at the best prices. From new garage doors to colorful flowers. Exterior lights to a new coat of paint. Inspiration to installation. You can do it or let the Home Depot do it for you. Visit homedepot.com slash services for more information on installing your next project. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. U.S. only. See store for details. Podcast One presents Let Lisa Help. Former insult comic Lisa Lampanelli is now a full-fledged life coach, and she wants to help you whether you like it or not. Join the former queen of mean as she continues her journey as the queen of meaning. She'll share her life experiences, the tools she's learned along the way, and a healthy dose of humor. So if you have a problem, let Lisa help. And now, here's your host, Lisa Lampanelli. Hey, everybody. It is Lisa Lampanelli, formerly the queen of mean, now the queen of meaning. Welcome to Let Lisa Help. Guess what? Today I have a fantastic interview with my good friend, hilarious comedian Brad Williams. Brad weighs 120 pounds, not because he's anorexic, but because he is, in his words, a dwarf, a midget, a little person. Brad tells us why he doesn't care what you call him as long as he's making money. He also talks about his great outlook on life, his good naturedness, not holding on to the past, and just being a grateful guy in general. Plus, he has a happy marriage, and God knows we can all use tips on that. Here's my interview with Brad Williams. You're listening to Let Lisa Help with Lisa Lampanelli. Hey, everybody, it's Lisa Lampanelli, the former queen of mean, now the queen of meaning, with my podcast, Let Lisa Help, the podcast where I force help upon you whether you want it or not. And also, I help my guests in studio to just be themselves and be who they are, because he, my particular guest now, is perfect, physically, emotionally, and mentally perfect. So there is nothing to change about Mr. (laughs) Brad Williams. How are you? I love that you're forcing help on people. (laughs) You're help raping them. I am. I am. (laughs) This is help rape. But can you help rape the unwilling? (laughs) That's the question. It's so funny that they told me right before we started recording that uh, you guys are trying to get some great sponsors, so not to curse. And my opening thing is help rape. You know what? But it's not a curse. (laughs) I'm sure. Or I can put in, as you say, a mattress sponsor right there. Exactly. Uh, Come on, mattress sponsors. That's right. Where are you? Come on, na- natural male enhancement <laughs> pills. Not saying yeah. any companies in specific, but come on. But they probably the would enjoy me. Sure. Because every guy I'll probably be with in the future needs male enhancement. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm 57. Who, who am I going to bang that's younger than that? Come on. Other than you. Other than me. I'd be honored. <laughs> I, I'd be honored. My wife would not even care. Oh, isn't she that would, nice? She would probably encourage it. <laughs> See, you know, Brad, you are the kind of person... I, I completely probably misjudge you in a way mm. because you to me are terrific. You, I think to myself all the time, Brad Williams is an icon because he probably doesn't have a care in the world because of that. How I look at you. I probably, you probably have just as many issues as anybody else, but you are so genuinely fun and nice and cool that I'm like, 
Oh, does Brad have any struggles? Like, do you ever struggle <laughs> with anything? Sure. But uh, I, I also subscribe to the, like, even if you're going through some stuff, which mm-hmm. we are all going through some stuff, what are the, some greater, some less, whatever. Right. I subscribe to the, you, you, you can kind of trick yourself into being happy. Yeah. You can, you can put a smile on your face. You can uh, say nice things. Like, um, I'll, I'll walk around my house constantly and be like, Wow, got a great house here. This wow. is fantastic. Look at that. Got a hot wife, got a, got a dog. Got <laughs> oh, a I love your dog. dog. What's your dog's name again? Diego. Diego. The 70 pound pit bull. <laughs> now, do you weigh less than your dog? Oh, man. Uh, what do you weigh? 120, 122. Now, the I reason, if you don't know who that. Brad is and why he would weigh so little, yeah. he is actually the proper name for it is now. Uh, achondroplastic dwarfism, little people. Wow, that is really a long word for a dwarf. Person of short stature. <laughs> Just say dwarf or midget. I don't give a shit. Yeah, actually, the one, the one that is not just politically correct, but what people who are dwarfs enjoy being called, the least yeah. offensive term is... Little person. Yeah. If you can call us little people, that's good. But then, I'm weird. Yeah. I don't like it. For me, like... What do you like better? I like midget. Oh, my I God. Really nobody do. seems to like midget anymore, and that's what I grew up with. I know. It's right. like it's like a blast for your past. You know? Yeah. It's like it's like, it's like Folgers coffee. Sure, it's not great, but you grew up with it. Oh, that's unless, a great point. Unless Folgers is a sponsor, in, wi- in which case it's, it's lovely coffee. <laughs> Maxwell House sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, so you don't take a big offense at these terminologies. To, to me, it's all about intent, because mm-hmm. if someone's driving in a pickup truck and rolls down their window and says you person of short stature <laughs> it's still scary to me yeah that would it's say still, so. you, you know what i mean like right. it's still bad for me it's all about intent so i have a friend who is transgender mm-hmm. and z mm-hmm. z yep. not not she right. z oh is z a um, thing now z yeah in, oh okay in, i like in, that in, instead of he or she it's z oh, uh i'm gonna start using that it, for it, me. but it's either Z or their name, which in this case is Marnie, but I'm not giving mm-hmm. out a last name, so it's fine. Yeah. So uh, Marnie, born a woman, mm-hmm. uh, but now has transitioned into something in the middle. Right. But uh, what Marnie always tells me is if you make a mistake with a pronoun or a name, mm-hmm. it's fine because I know that you care about me and I know yeah. that you're not trying to hurt me. And I think that's a healthy attitude for pe- for people to have. Uh, if, if someone says a term uh, that's not to your liking, like oh, you're a uh, you, you're a janitor. I'm a do- I'm a domestic <laughs> yeah cleaner I'm, of custodial arts custodial arts. <laughs> you okay? I'm, I'm gonna say janitor sometimes. Right, like right, like it, it's not now. I, I I feel like there's all these people that are obsessed over titles and names and words and phrases and this is offensive. This is not. This is but and it's just like let's just go for the intention. Let's go for the intention. If the person is trying to hurt you. Yes, what they're saying is incredibly offensive. If you tell them what you want to be called and they still are doubling down but in a hurtful way, yes, that's – but if they're genuinely trying, if they're right. trying right. to just be nice and be your friend and be good, then maybe pump the brakes a little bit. on right. the, and, and that's what I try to do with midget. I, I don't mind the word – if you say dwarf, little person, midget, I'm fine with it. As long as you're a good human, we have a good relationship. And, uh, yeah, then. Yeah. I well, as offended. a comic, have you ever 
you know, we all as comics, I used to draw, you know, walk a really fine line. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody once said about my comedy, she's juggling knives and even the handles are sharp. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a really hard line. Yeah. But you as someone who, I mean, you're hilarious. You literally, I don't go see any comics, dude. I could care less. But you, every <laughs> time you're anywhere near me, yeah. I'm like, oh, we're going. I'm so honored oh by my that, God. by the way. I can't even with you. You're so funny. Thank you. Do you ever hear from people saying, wow, something you said hurt? Not in my stand-up act. Oh, oh, where where do you hurt people? In because and, and I don't know if you've had this. I, I've I've felt a lot a lot of comics have this. A lot of comics when we're talking to non comedians mm-hmm. or civilians, whatever you want to mm-hmm. use for that word, we don't turn the comedian part of us mm-hmm. off. When we're hanging out at the comedy store or the cellar or wherever and we're just talking with other comedians, we're saying the worst possible oh, things yeah. to each other. Right. And using the most politically incorrect language and going for the messed up jokes so that everyone's going to laugh. But then we have to turn that off when we're around people that aren't used to that kind of language. Mm. Um, that is where I need to improve. That's where I've always needed to improve. Yeah. For instance, uh, my wife and I do not have a safe word for sex. We have a safe word for, hey, Brad, um, no. <laughs> like, right. Stop right. talking right now. Whatever right. topic you're on, uh, she says the word cephalopod, and then I <laughs> okay, go... I'm writing that down because that's good. Yeah, well, that's her favorite <laughs> word. And, uh, Wait, is that a thing? Y- yeah, it, it's a type of mollusk. <laughs> I okay, think your it is. wife is crazy. Yeah. In the perfect way. Yes, crazy <laughs> in the perfect way. And uh, so when she says that, I go, okay, I need to switch topics right now. I, I need to not push this any further. Which, and you do have respect for that. Yeah. How oh. difficult is that to stop that discussion in its tracks? <sighs> sometimes very hard because sometimes I feel like I'm on a roll. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm making a point. Sometimes I think I'm, I've am i just made the best joke ever that's about to go into my act. And then I hear that word. I'm like, no. Damn. Oh. <laughs> but, but you have to respect it. I, oh. I, I think because that's the purpose of a word uh, of, of a safe word that is supposed to do that. The, the, the same way. A safe word would be used for sex. If, if, if someone says, if your safe word is Barney Rubble or whatever, and you say Barney Rubble, and you go, eh, I could probably choke him a little harder. No, like, no. <laughs> no the safe word was said. You have to stop. So uh, hold back. So yeah, and to her credit, I have used, I have used the safe word as well mm-hmm. uh, when ta- when talking about certain topics, certain issues. But I, I think that's a good thing. And a healthy thing that we've kind of stumbled upon in mm. our relationship is a safe word, not for sex, but a safe word for conversation where we go, hey, not comfortable with this conversation anymore, or I need to take a break, or I need to like gather myself and we can come back and I was just going to say, this. do you sometimes then come back to it and when everybody's taking yeah. it down a notch? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, it also helps when we're out in public. And uh, I'm around other people that are civilians mm. who are maybe my wife's friends. And I start making jokes and I don't see that they're uncomfortable. She's like reading their eyes and she's known them right. forever. So she's like, oh, God. And then she'll like squeeze my wrist and just go like, shuffle font. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my I'm God. Like, I love oh, that. oh, OK, OK, I'll, I'll back off. <laughs> now, now, with your wife, you, yeah. you how long ago you met you met? Uh, four years ago. Four years ago. Yeah. Four years ago. And you're married a uh, year and a half. Okay, so do you legitimately feel like this is the first relationship you've had that you feel like a real team? Yeah. This is a yeah. Because this, this is, is a team. really evolved relationship when you can have a freaking word to say, Hey, I respect you enough to stop 
talking yeah. right now. And it's a team in that we have very defined roles mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what we are in charge of, what we do. Is yours what... like cookie maker? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am the rainbow connoisseur uh, in the relationships, the uh, rainbow curator. Uh, no, uh, you know, my, my, my job is mostly, uh, to bring home the bacon. Yeah. That, that, yep. that's my job. And then her job is, you know, she runs the house. Right. And, uh, that's fine. And, but sometimes I feel bad because, like, she's got a degree in child psychology. Like, right. she, 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 she's been a behavioral therapist. Mm-hmm. She should be out helping people. She has a yeah. very, in the words of Liam Neeson, particular set of skills. Right. And, right. uh, I feel like sometimes I'm denying her of that. But she's happy with it. She's like, oh, no, I like being home. Oh, it's good. nice. It's good. I've always had to, like, when I say she's a behavioral therapist, for those of you who don't know what that is, that, I mean, she would work with autistic children wow. and run programs with them and try to get them more, like, just, they they have routines where they can function in, mm-hmm. in, in the normal world or they can uh, gain their independence right. slowly but surely. And she would do that, but then at the same time, she'd say, like, that's a really hard job. Sometimes yeah. uh, so, sometimes with autistic people, some, so, sometimes she would be hit, sometimes she would be yelled at, talked to, and sometimes the parents of the kids who are some of the worst sometimes because they want their child to be cured, and it's like, eh, your kid's autistic, you're not going to be cured. Yeah. You know, so yeah. she would have to deal with that, and she, she would come home some days when she was working and just be... She would need a moment. Like she'd have to come in and be like, "All right, mm. I'm gonna go to the room. I'm gonna have a little, a little sip of scotch, and then mm-hmm. and, and I'm come out, be a good wife." Right. But mm. uh, yeah, so she's happy. She she's happy that she gets to do that. And so it, be the domestic goddess that she is. So you guys had sort of had this discussion and said, "Look, this is what's going to make us happiest. Let's do it yeah. like this." Also, because uh, for as much as a behavioral therapist does to uh, enrich the world and enlighten the world and make the world better, it doesn't pay. That yeah yeah it's a sad thing right pressing as hell when you're like you're doing so much good like she should make way more money than me right way more right but when i could say like hey i'm and and this is just a fact i'm not saying this next statement to be a dick it's just a fact but when i can make your yearly salary in a weekend absolutely that's like why are you going through all this stress every right. like three four days a week to come home and you're gone and we don't see each other as much and I'm already gone so much doing my job that when mm-hmm. I'm home you know it'd be nice to have you more available like it just didn't make any logistical sense right now right if she wants to go uh, back and do that or, or or be a substitute teacher or a or a uh, special circumstance teacher then that's great I would support that but for right now as we're getting sort of our domestic lives together yeah. and, in, and in place that it's just sort of the rule, the roles that have worked out for us. See, and yeah, every couple has to have their own rules, you know, and that roles like you, uh, how old are you? Are you in your thirties? 35. You're 35. Which is like 72 in dwarf. Yeah. Yeah. You did very well. <laughs> I'm saying, let's hurry up and get this podcast done, Lisa. I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> the guy no, I'm, kidding. Not... I'm kidding. I'm fine. I'm healthy. I'm he good. is very good. Okay. You know, do you ever, okay, I'll watch your posts on Instagram and I love them. They're always from some foreign country. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy travels so much. Yeah. You always look like you're having fun, but not in that way of look everyone I'm having fun. Yeah. It's, it looks legitimately real. Mm-hmm. How would you say it's 100% how your life really is? I try not to post anything like where I'm not genuinely excited or yeah. happy. Also, I was told this 
when I started comedy, and uh, and this goes against the teachings of Hannah Gatsby, mm-hmm. but uh, I was always taught, hey, you're a comedian. Your job is mm-hmm. to make people smile and laugh. Right. That is your job. Right. So dance monkey. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that, like that's what we're, that, that's our job. That, mm-hmm. that's what we are supposed to do. Um, there's been many times when, 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 when I've wanted to go on social media and, and express an anger right. over a political thing or a personal thing mm-hmm. or a whatever. And then I just go, ah, but that's not what people are not following me for that reason. They're following yes. me yes. for happiness. Right. I'm their escape. So I don't I don't want someone to be following me to be like, man, my life is really hard, but Brad Williams always makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. And now I'm making them cry or I'm making them sad. Right. Or I'm so, like, I don't want to do that to people. So, yes, whenever I post something, it is genuine for that post. But, yeah, where the the times when I'm sad, I'm not going to. OK, like you'll never see me post a photo of me at a relative's funeral next to the coffin. Right. Like, I'm so sad. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. If that's what you need to do to get better, okay, whatever. Right. But that's not me. That's not me. Well, that's what I was going to ask, too, which because they do. Maybe that's why I asked you that, because I feel like they're really genuine. And a lot of posts seem forced from other people. And I'm like, are they really that happy? But I really get that you are. So yeah. I have a question. Do you feel sometimes like, do you ever get out of bed and you're just kind of not feeling funny that day. And you're just like, you know what? I'm not really happy today. Yeah. There's, Mm -hmm. there's, uh, the 70 pound pit bull Diego. Um, Mm -hmm. he wakes us up at seven 30 every morning because Mm -hmm. he wants to be fed and he wants to go on his walk. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't like if I was out till 2 a.m., 3 a.m. doing sets and booze in the night before. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. Right. He's up at that time. Right. And right. so I have to get up. And yeah, sometimes in those scenarios, I I need to really, like, I kind of have to, I'm not in a good mood and I'm not going to yeah. post anything. And I'm, right. And when that happens, the good part is, is whether it be stand up nights I don't want to do stand up or whether it be nights I don't want to get up. Mm-hmm. When I get up on stage, tell tell some jokes. When I get up and walk my dog, it's good. It, it, like I'm usually always happy when I walk my dog and I go like, mm-hmm. oh god, he's walking. It's eight o'clock in the morning. I've gotten three hours of sleep. Right. I don't want to do this. And then I walk the dog and I go, oh, this is great. Yeah, this is awesome. Right. I love walking this dog. You know, and, and you get to walk, get some exercise, get some endorphins going. Or whether it's the late show on a Saturday and I've already done five and I'm just like I'm done. And then I do the late show and I go, oh yeah, this is fun. So it's basically taking action makes everything better. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but all those sayings with the long journeys begin with a single step or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. objects in motion tend to stay in motion. Um, it's true. It, yeah. it, it, once you start doing it and you'll get a little momentum going and the hardest part is to get moving. Yes. But once you do, then it's sort of hard to stop moving. If you right. just kind of, you just kind of get into the flow of days. Cause I always tell myself like when, when, when I wake up to take the dog for a walk and I've had, three hours of sleep i go okay take dog for a walk he'll take his dump i'll go back i'll go back to bed right i i, I never, never do. do right i right. never do i'm right. always up now things are going get a cup yeah. of tea in me and now i'm good wow. like so it's it's weird but yes yeah, sometimes i do you know wait wake up i'm not happy but it's interesting now i almost feel like there's pressure because especially in the last few days mm. there there there's been multiple people that have told me like ah brad you're always you're always happy. You're all. You're always in a good mood. And I go, oh wow, is that like? I think it's good. Is it? I mean, it's great. That's way better than the yeah, opposite yeah. of that. But it, like now, I'm feeling like, wait, do I have to always be that 
person now who's always in a good mood. Right. Do, what do you think? I feel like there are certain people, mm-hmm. uh, my wife, my family, certain friends mm-hmm. that will see me in a bad mood sometimes, will see yep. me upset. Yeah. But there's other people I just don't want to... Uh, uh, so the, the 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 best advice I ever got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is such. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, the the advice is going to sound morbid as. F- okay. Uh, okay. Okay. But, sorry, I'm not allowed to say that. That's uh, okay. You can. Morbid as hell. <laughs> uh, but I'll explain it. Sure. The best advice I ever got was in an improv comedy class where someone told me, whether it be in improv or in life, just remember this one thing: nobody cares about you. Mm. And like I said, sounds horrific. Yeah. Let me explain. Okay. What that means is like it was meant to be an improv teaching mm-hmm. where when you're so in your head like, oh, my God, I, I didn't say mm-hmm. that line right or that line wasn't funny or I should have said something here. Or I'm moving in the wrong place. The audience does not care. Yeah. They do not care. They are so amazed that you're up there without a script, without any sort of t- that you're they're amazed and they're putting themselves in your position. And they're like, I would not be able to do that. They did not notice your flub. And that's true in life. That's a metaphor mm-hmm. for life as, as well. When people say like, oh, my God, if I wear these shoes, these people are going to judge me because they're not the right shoes. And everyone's mm-hmm. doing, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> right. They right. don't care. Oh, my God. If I, you know, I, 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 I can't go to the same uh, restaurant twice in a week. Right. That's right. so horrible. No, nobody cares Jeez, i've been to the same chilies <laughs> twice a day so there you go for high yeah, class yeah because we've all done that gig in des moines <laughs> uh, that's the only club in the walk-ins of the hotel but uh yeah it, it, it's it, it's something where um i try to remember that is that yes obviously people do care about you your 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 true friends your family your your significant others they will care about you they will move heaven and earth and if you're ever going through a problem please 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 reach out to them because they will help you right what nobody cares about you is supposed to mean is just these little things in life that we right. all get hung up on and and we live in Los Angeles or at least I live in Los Angeles where images everything in this town mm-hmm. nobody gives a crap yeah they're all worried about them yes. and their next step and what it, you know it's interesting the people who say Brad you're always in a good mood i would venture to say those are probably people who and this would happen this happened a lot after i lost the weight overweight people would be like you look so much better when you were fat and i'm like no i didn't they it's almost <laughs> like people want you to stay sick for them yes so it's almost like the people who probably say that to you are the ones who kind of are in a bad mood and want to know your secret but don't want to have the balls and the guts to just say Brad how do yeah. I get as happy as you well and 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 it's that little bit of schadenfreude mm. where we always we like seeing people fail yeah. like we like this whole Lori Lachlan, yeah. Felicity Huffman mm-hmm. U- USC thing yeah in my personal opinion, sure, they, they were cheating the system, but this is something that's been happening since the dawn of time where right. rich people do things to get their kids an advantage. Yeah. And there, these things are done at a micro level as well. When, when the, when the father who's the baker leaves the bakery to his son, well, the, the son didn't earn that bakery. Right. Right. But right. he gets it because he's right. in the family. Okay. Right. Like that's just, it, everyone does it. They've all, or everyone does it in some way, shape or form. And what they did, you can make an argument that it kind of hurt people because it take, it took a spot from somebody, but I don't know. Yeah. They didn't hurt anybody. They didn't murder anybody. They didn't take money away from anybody. They, they, like, and if, and if a kid was going to get into USC and then they took their spot, they would have gotten into UCLA or they would have gotten to another great school. And, they, right. and that kid's going to be fine. Yeah. 
So, yeah. like, I don't even know where I was going with this, but uh, yeah, no, just people wanting for you to get yes, down. Yes, on but things. now, but now we have this Schadenfreude where we're all looking at that story, yeah. like, ooh, ah. ooh, ah, these rich people, yeah, ah, yeah. they're going, you send them to jail, right? So I feel better about myself because right. I'm not rich and I'm not in jail. So right. okay, now I feel good. Don't that's that's a, that's an unhealthy attitude to take where where you're looking at those people and hoping that they fail. Where you look at the celebrity and you know where um we know this is comics Mm -hmm. but when you would tell people that you're a comic Mm -hmm. and that you're happy and that you're doing your life there there's that person that always goes oh but you travel so So much they they have to bring something up that's wrong with you yeah you you travel so much oh that's gotta be so hard yeah it's it's well well well, speaking of that's gotta be so hard don't you how much do you hate When people say, and you may may not hate this at all, yeah, there's a fine line with someone in your position who you could say they would look at you with pity. Yeah. Now that's got to feel, or maybe it doesn't. Does it feel insulting? For instance, I'll follow you on Instagram. I mm-hmm. feel no pity for you. Yeah. However, once in a while, you'll post something with the dog or something, like a little tear in my eye. Yeah. And I said, oh, this moves me. Or you'll say something cute and it moves me. Yeah. So I said to a friend once, I said. I don't pity Brad. I just kind of get moved by stuff. He's and he, oh, I, that's fine. Don't worry. You're not doing it. Yeah. Do you ever? Do you, have you ever been on the receiving end of? Oh, you're oh, yeah. doing so well for your status. Oh yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and how does that feel to you? Just so people know. They laugh. <laughs> really? Do you think it's silly of them? It's very, it's very silly because I know what they're doing. Is they're trying to do the thing that we were just talked about, ah. where, where they're trying to be like, he's doing good for him. him. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. If I was there, but I'm doing way better. <laughs> it's like, listen, and here's my thing: is if the midget is doing better than you, right. <laughs> that's more on you. Yeah, yeah, than, yeah. than them. Like right. that. Like that's. Uh, so it's amazing what some people will think and, uh, and say in terms of like some, because they are not a little person, they mm-hmm. don't know what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a little person. I don't know what my struggles are because I never mm-hmm. lived my life as a six foot two man. Right. So I don't know what I'm missing. Right. So one thing that I, th- I thought was funny is one time I pulled up the freeway and there was a guy and he had a sign and, and he had a dog with him and you know, he needs some money, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I had some, I had some dollars like right there. So I was like, ah, oh, okay, I'll give him some bucks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, roll down the window. I, I held out the money. The guy walked over, saw me and went, nah, man, nah, man, you need it. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I own a home <laughs> that was paid with by jokes. I'm driving an Alexis. What do you mean? I need it. I'm good. Like, so it's this really disconnect. It's like always feeling yeah. sorry for the African American person. Yeah. It's just it's just this weird prejudice, but it's almost like not even looked at as that bad, except if you're on the receiving end of it where you're like, dude, don't pity me. Don't pity me I'm at good. all. I'm wow. I'm good. I, I have a house that I pay with with jokes. Yes. And yes. I, I I got a hot Asian wife and a cute ass dog. Like it's yeah. great. My life is good. You don't have to pity me. Like yeah. it, when when you see me on the airplane throwing my bag up in up in the overhead storage bin by by climbing up on the armrest, don't it's be like really good. Oh my god, this, this life is so hard. No, <laughs> it's really great. There's a couple of things that bug me, but overall, yeah, life is good. And I think that uh, it's it's like 
and I'm also this guy that like I I look at a lot of people where we seem to be in a culture where people are striving to be a victim. They're mm. they're, they're 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 trying. They 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 almost have um they're almost like jealous of the people that are truly victims because yeah. they're like, "Oh my god, I'm not a victim. They get to say mm-hmm. this and everyone's giving them all this attention. I have to find out what my thing is." And cuz uh I grew up in Orange County, California, mm-hmm. uh, mom and dad been married for over forty years now. Uh, dad did really well. Was mm-hmm. a, was a lawyer, affluent. You know, like my life was good. I'm yeah. I, I'm not gonna be one of these guys like my dad was gone <laughs> all the time. Yeah, he was gone making money, so I could like yeah, yeah. buy stuff. Like it, it, it he, right. he, he was great. And then and then when he was home, he was an awesome dad. So like I'm not. It, it always boggles my mind when 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 people that have really great things going for them look at their situation and go, but it's, oh yeah, but I'm having a I'm, I'm having a difficulty with gluten. Shut up. <laughs> Brad, your life is great. So your worst thing about your life is your peanut allergy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't. You guys don't even know. Like, I have to go on a plane and wear a mask and ask if anyone's had any peanuts Oy on vey. them within the last. Because if someone has has a Snickers in their purse, it might as well be a nine millimeter for me. <laughs> like, no, your life is pretty freaking good. Well, you it's know, good. And I think we don't take time to look at our lives and look at all the things that we have going for us and just being like awesome well, yeah. well you know what you are you're the person who lives a life full of gratitude practice that you don't even have to practice at it because you're just freaking good at it I, so I it's like he's that's it's people if you're th- that's what real gratitude sounds like it's not a guy saying i pull out my journal and write down five things i'm grateful for yes that's fine mm-hmm. but again if we don't come at, from at it from a victim standpoint it's like oh I just look around and I can name 20 things off the bat. You don't even have to take the look around. You just go, I live with that. So you'd say yeah. you, your overall attitude just seems to be, yeah, life is good. Thank goodness. Life is good. It, it's it's fine. I'm not going to be searching for a reason to be unhappy. And I think that's one of the reasons, not to t- take it back to where we started, I think that's one of the reasons why I don't mind the word midget because I don't want a single word to make me unhappy. Wow. Like, uh I don't want to be going through my day, have a great day, and be being like, "Wow, I had a really productive, good day today." Turn on the news, and like Jimmy Kimmel said the word "midget," and now I'm be like, "Well, now I've got to write a letter." Yes, yes, yes exactly. I've got to write a letter. I've got to have my thoughts be known. I got to have my better. No, I don't want to do that. Right. I, I don't want to have one word, one instance, one thing ruin my time. Oh, uh, like you're right. you know, like, uh, all right. So literally yesterday, and mm-hmm. and this is an extremely mi- uh, micro level. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not a big thing. I'm mm-hmm. I'm acknowledging that. Okay. But my dog, who is 70 pounds, uh, saw me outside mm-hmm. and ran. Didn't realize the screen door was closed Aww. and like broke through the screen oh. door like it was like those bombs that hold up the paper for the football team yes, to like yes, run through. Yes. So yeah, they pretty much just shattered the screen door. And so now we have to get a new screen door like essentially that day. And some people would be like, oh, oh. that's one more thing on my day that I got to do that right. anything I had to do today. Right. But I looked at it. My dog just ran through the screen door. That was hilarious. <laughs> That was hilarious. See, it's a win. Yes. You turn into a win. Just like I just turned it into a win. Yeah. You said, and I quote, this is on a micro level, 
and that I didn't say, I guess everything with you is on a micro level. I think I've held back. Yes. Very well during this win. conversation. Yes. No, but I really feel like you are such a good example for people because it's just like, come on, get your head out of your ass and enjoy your life because we don't have to walk around with the head down all the time. Yeah. So speaking of which, mm-hmm. we have to take a break, but are you okay. willing to stick around yeah. and help some of my fans who have problems because you seem to have the right attitude and yes. I, I would imagine it's gentle yet tough love at the same time. Is yes. that good to you? Yes. In the meantime, Brett, tell people where they can find you. Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Funny Brad, on Instagram at Brad Williams Comic. They can uh, listen to my podcast, yes. About Last Night Podcast, of which Lisa Lampanelli has been a guest. Yes. And uh, you go back and listen to that episode. And then for all my tour dates, go to BradWilliamsComedy.com. If I'm not in your town, wait two to three months. I'll be in your town. Yeah. I'll tour like a damn madman. Yeah. Of, and as someone yes. who's super critical of comedians, because I always think I'm the funniest person on the planet, I've are. met my match, Brad <laughs> Williams. He freaking rocks. Thank and you. we weigh the same. Just kidding. <laughs> I'll be right back with Let Lisa Help. This is Let Lisa Help with Lisa Lampanelli. Curb Appeal. You know it when you see it. And with the Home Depot, today is the day for doing. Boost your curb appeal with the best brands at the best prices. From new garage doors to colorful flowers. Exterior lights to a new coat of paint. Inspiration to installation. You can do it, or let the Home Depot do it for you. Visit homedepot.com slash services for more information on installing your next project. The Home Depot. More saving. More do it. U.S. only. See store for details. Hey, I'm Heather Morris. And I'm Ava Bernstein Mitchell, a.k.a. Ava Flav. And we're the hosts of the new show, The Dance Dance Room, Room on Podcast One. We're veteran dancers and choreographers that have worked with the likes of Beyonce, Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, and many more. Oh, and you know, I used to be on this little show called Glee. I don't know if you watched it. Well, each week we're going to go full out on our favorite TV dance shows like So You Think You Can Dance, Dancing with the Stars, and World of Dance. So don't miss it. Get new episodes of The Dance Room every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Podcast Podcast One. One. And now back to Let Lisa Help with Lisa Lampanelli. Hey, everybody. It's Lisa Lampanelli back with this fabulous episode of Let Lisa Help. My special guest co-host in the studio is the hilariously funny comedian Brad Williams, who I freaking love, who is an example for all people who need to freaking lighten up and be (laughs) in a good mood. Now, Brad, can you help some of my sad listeners? I hope I can. (laughs) I do, too. This is from, ooh, this is the sad part already, from Missoula, Montana. And... I quote, I am feeling trapped in my hometown. I'm graduating this fall with a degree in business management and marketing, but don't know what to do with my degree or my life in general. My dating life is non-existent as well. Why did I laugh? Because mine is also. (laughs) Don't feel bad, pal. I'd love your advice. Now, trapped. He uses a very apt word, trapped. Brad, when's the last time you felt trapped in anything? And what do you say to anyone who says, I'm trapped? It's interesting when you say trapped because, like, to me, the only time you should be allowed to use the word trapped is is when you're kidnapped and the guy has you in a crate downstairs. That's true. 
That's your or in jail. Yeah, then you're trapped. Then, then it's official. But if you're in Missoula, Montana, of which uh, it's a city I've actually been to, it's not that bad. It's delightful. Yeah. Uh, if it's an outdoor town, if you're into that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. but if you want to try something new, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and it seems like you have uh, this person has a degree. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. Um, what's the name of the degree again? Or what? I mean, business management, marketing management, sure. marketing. I mean, I get that coming out of college is scary in general. Very scary. But understandable. And, and and just that everything is wrong. There's mm-hmm. what job do I get? What do I do with my life? My hometown sucks and my dating life sucks, too. I say pick one and go with it. Yeah, because you can't work on in coaching. We learn you can't work on everything at once. You'll just want to pull your hair out. Right. So what do you think is the first one this person should pick? Oh, uh, out of those three, I would say move. I love that. Why be- would you say that? Tell them be- because when you move. Now you're forced to get everything else going again. Wow. You're you're forced to make friends. You're forced to get a job because mm-hmm. you have to pay for the rent in the in the place that you're in. Mm-hmm. And then you're forced through all of these things and all and all of these actions, you're forced to get out there and start meeting people. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that applies to your dating life, but also we're in a wonderful time now where you're you can get dates on your phone. Yeah, <laughs> that seems like a pretty good thing. I have swipe to left, that. swipe right, just start swiping. Uh, go on any of the sites. Go. I mean, if you're in Missoula, Montana, don't don't shy away from farmers only. Yeah, uh, you might you, you might see some people on there. I I would say a change of scenery would be good for this person. And uh, thankfully, uh, you know, if you're if, if if you're coming out of college and uh, maybe don't have a lot of means mm-hmm. to make that decision, there's a lot of wonderful places that you can get. Decent uh, size apartments for not a ton of not a ton of money. Yeah, like we mentioned, the beautiful Des Moines. Des Moines. There's a two t- chilies there. I think <laughs> I've been to. But you know, part of me thinks he's uh, he he's piling on a little. Part of me from just from this letter, I'm just totally assuming he's gay because only gay <laughs> guys say my dating. Oh. Yeah, because he's a fan exactly, and because when the dating life is non-existent. And sometimes there is something about moving to a more gay-friendly city. I don't know about Missoula. They're probably gay-friendly. But maybe you just want to be around more of the community. Yeah. Like, take a risk. Go for it. The thing is, Brad, I always say, what's the worst that could happen? Well, you come back. Yeah, you come back. Uh, You obviously have some sort of home or roots in Mm -hmm. Missoula, Montana. Right. Uh, So you could always go back there. Mm -hmm. So uh, head on on over to Seattle. That's right. It's not too far away. Head head to, if you want to take a little step up from Missoula, Montana, go to Boise, Idaho. Not too far away from there. Why do they have gay community there? Do they? Oh, my God. I played Boise. It was awesome. Oh, like a whole theater of gay guys. It was the best. Love that. The hotel I stayed in. And I go, really? Boise's really gay. And he goes, oh, yeah, we're gay and Mormon, but at the, not at different times. <laughs> I'm like, good for you. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I so, think yeah. it's, it's funny, too, when people um, – I remember – you know, I grew up on the East Coast. I'm still mm-hmm. in Connecticut. And so I always lived in New York during the comedy, my comedy career. So what happened was, so my family's all in Connecticut. My manager had said to me, though, years ago, before I was known at all, she goes, you have to, you know, I'd, it'd be nice if you could be in L.A. for a couple of years till you're a little known. Yeah. Just to, you know, meet casting people and all. I was freaking out. So I call a life coach and she goes, why don't you just, why are you freaking out? I go, because I really love my family. I want to see them a lot. Mm-hmm. She goes, put a plan in place then on paper. 
Mark the months you're going to, uh, the weeks you're going to fly home. Mark the nights you're going to call them. It'll just make you feel better. So if this yes. particular guy is just freaking out because he loves his family, mm-hmm. it's not enough to hold you back. There's yeah. ways to, there's these things, they're called planes. You get to fly <laughs> on them. It's cheap. They're spirit air unless they crashed. I don't know, <laughs> but you pay for a freaking pocketbook. Yeah. So I, I mean, there are ways to do it and the fear can't be. What holds us back? No, and and because everything in your life happened exactly the way it did, whether you were worried about it or not. Mm. And if you just sit there worrying about it, nothing's gonna happen. You yeah. can you you can do something, mm-hmm. and that's and then the worst that can happen is you go just go back to right where you are now. Yeah, or you do nothing and you stay where you are now with all your same problems. So yeah. might as well try it. And it's, it's like the guy who says, I wanted to be a comic. Like, this is how I knew I'd never go on a second date with a guy when he said, oh, I always thought I could be a comic. I said, yeah, you can't. You're stupid. No, you can't. No, stop. No, because- Nobody likes you. But I always said, you know what? That's what I didn't just say. I wanted to be one or I thought I could be one. I always had the attitude, hey, I try it once if I'm horrible and I know there's no future in it as far as even joy. Yeah. Then I'm not going to do it. But, you know, then it's a zero-sum game. It's okay. But at least you try. And also, if you just got those degrees, that means you're probably in your early to Mm mid-20s, which means now is the time where you can take that chance. Yeah, you got no kids. You got no kids, no wife, no husband, maybe. I don't know. Uh, And then, I mean, I'm assuming you're talking about dating life. Sure. So, yeah, now you're free to try those things. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, now is the time. Now is the prime because you don't want to be that guy that's 45 that's in Missoula, Montana going, I wish I had moved to Seattle. Right. I right. wish I had seen right. the if world. I had only, I I, I, if I had only. If I'd only gone to Miami. Uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what's wild, too? Wouldn't it be funny if he actually was in his 50s and he just got his college degree? <laughs> then just kill yourself. Yeah. Then just stay there and die. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. This one is from, oh, the beautiful metropolis of Plattsburgh, New York. I just had a show there. Oh, how exciting. No kidding. My do a storytelling show now called uh, Losing It. Yeah. And also a one called Fat Chance. And it's about food and body image issues. Go to my website, LisaLampanelli.com for information. Ah, he saw and enjoyed my show tonight. Well, that's good. There you go. I was hoping to ask my question there, but I will ask it instead here. My wife, who had weight loss surgery in 2005, I was against it. Mm -hmm. After it was done, I talked with her again. The weight she lost gave her a better image of herself. So for that result, I said it was worth it. That's very sweet. She went from 230 and is now 110. I'm kind of jealous right now. Wow. Because 110, that's less than you, Brad, and you're a dwarf slash midget slash whatever the (laughs) F you are. My question question is how do you know what donald trump's ball sack looks like <laughs> boy i didn't see that coming oh. well donald trump's ball sack i didn't see that coming either yeah um, uh, no but that's, a lot of people <laughs> okay that is hilarious i just want to say greg in plattsburgh i love you for that well done i do not know what donald trump's ball sack looks like but brad as a comedian, if you yes. had to guess, I, I I imagine you're not a a Trump supporter because no, no I you 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 seem like a very happy non prejudiced person. Yes, I don't, I don't like to spew hatred. Yes, what <laughs> would you think Donald Trump's ball sack would look well, like? Well, here's the thing that uh, I've noticed because uh, while I haven't seen Donald Trump's ball sack, <laughs> I, uh, I I I have watched a lot of porn, uh-huh. and uh, what you discover is that uh, no, no matter what, ball sacks are pretty ugly. Uh, they're horrible. They're not. They're not aesthetically pleasing. Not cute. You know, it, it, it's like, oh, what does Rosie O'Donnell's clit look like? It Ew. probably, it, it probably, <laughs> it probably looks very similar to 
Emily Ratajkowski's clit not that good looking, and uh, and why why would I know I can't find one ever? Uh, (laughs) So I'm saying is is ball is 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 ball sack is probably disgusting as are all ball sacks. Yes, yes. But I would love it. I would love it. I would love so much is if he did the comb over with the pubes. If he did the comb over with the pubes, I would never stop laughing. You know what? I Donald Trump, if you're listening, which I totally think you probably are not. Dirty listening. Although Dirty we listening. are quite I listen good. to Lisa Lampanelli's podcast <laughs> every day. It helps me with my motivation. She helped repair my relationship with my love. Of course, I'm talking about Putin. I, now, I, I was a power bottom. I was a power bottom with Putin. I was always taking it. Now I feel like I'm giving more. I'm making my demands known. And Vlad is listening. Love Lisa. Love it. Should have given the celebrity apprentice to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not that yeah. idiot Arsenio. Yeah, Hall. how'd that happen, Brad? How'd I lose on that too? Brad Williams, I must tell you, you are a delight. <laughs> no, I love you. I'm so glad to call you a friend. I was bemoaning the fact on a previous episode that I don't have black friends and I'm trying to really write that. Well, but I have friend. I have That's a dwarf minority. friend, a Puerto Rican friend, <laughs> and I know my dry cleaner's name. And I think that is what I think like, that I think that adds up to one black person. I thought so too. <laughs> Michael Yo actually though told me because yeah. I was really actually kind of emotional about it because I was like I'm afraid to go up to different types of people because I'm afraid they automatically assume my comedy was true and they'll mm. hate me. Which he said just take a chance. So I'm going to have to do that. But what I think is great, Michael Yo said he'd be my friend and he's Asian and African American. So I'm doing pretty good. That co- that covers all your bases. Right I think there. you cover anybody with a weird physical ailment. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, that is very true. No, but in all seriousness, people, go see Brad Williams. Once again, your website is? BradWilliamsComedy.com. The full tour schedule is up there, and uh, my I'm booked through January of 2020. He's so, so good. And buy this guy a new screen door. It's, he's, he's, <laughs> wait, he's really secretly sad about yes, it. Yes. A, buy, go on my website. Buy, <laughs> buy the T-shirts. Oh, buy, yeah. Yeah, buy the CDs, buy the DVDs, so then I could pay for a screen door after my dog put a Roger rabbit hole through it just one quick question (laughs) before we go when you walk your dog Mm -hmm. is he very difficult to contain because he's very big yeah yeah um thankfully uh my uh my wife while i'm gone uh does uh, a lot of dog training with him and he's great we've uh like here's one thing that um i i can apply this as a life lesson yeah whether it be you want your dog to be trained, where you want your relationship to be good, whether you want to succeed in a certain line of business, whether you want to lose weight, it takes effort. Nothing Gosh. happens overnight. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Ha- you don't just get to be like, no, and then your dog just instantly knows English right. Uh, right. And, and, right. and can understand that. It, it's going to take work. It's going to take time. And the only way that you can get the results you want is whether you invest the time necessary. So yeah. whether it be... Uh, you want your dog to be trained. You want you, you you want to get that job. You want to move out of Missoula, Montana. Yeah. You 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 you, you want to know what Donald Trump's ball sack looks like. <laughs> it takes effort, people. Well, also, Brad, you're you, you and I good. know from comedy. Started good. <laughs> well, because we know from comedy. I tattooed I mean, Trump on my ball sack. We would do like. We would do like eight sets a night. Yeah. You know, comedy people go, yeah, you have to practice that. But you also practice, like Brad says, about changing your whole life. I mean, you can't be that guy who goes, I wish I was Kelly Ripa 
and never freaking go on an audition. You just can't be yeah. that that girl. But uh, Brad, I love that you went to Kelly Ripa. That's I, very progressive I, of you. That, I just, that guy that wants to be Kelly I know. Ripa. I kind of had that in mind when I read Missoula's <laughs> question. But thank you, Brad. You're a gentleman. I love you. Thanks for having me on your stuff. podcast. Listen to Brad. on. It's called... Uh, it's oh. called the About Last Night podcast. I love uh, it. But you know what was yeah. great about it? You go, Lisa, don't worry. You don't have to, to really talk about what happened last night because I said I have no social life whatsoever. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, I love you. And we'll be right back with more Let Lisa help it's time to coach the coach hey everybody welcome back to let lisa help the podcast in which my own clients call me up and criticize me or tell me what i did right in our sessions together. Hey, I'm just here to help, but I'm also here to learn along the way. I got one of my favorite clients on the phone, and I hate to play favorites, but he might be my original first client ever. Wayne, are you there? I am here. It's good to talk to you. Dude, what's <laughs> happening? Well, so much, actually. And I'm I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, I'm so nervous about, I, you know, I want to be on your podcast so bad, but I was really <laughs> nervous, too, at the same time. Now, what makes you and, nervous? Well, you know what? Because I want I want to do good for you because you've done so damn good for me, honestly. Well, listen. And I don't want to let you down. <laughs> listen, Wayne, here's what I always say about Wayne. I always say if I retire from coaching, there's three people I'd keep and you're one of them. And it's so funny. It's because Wayne virtually is the guy who you would never think would want coaching because he's very, he presents as very sort of blue collar and that is not to say you blue collar types don't deserve or want coaching but usually when you think who's going to be attracted to Lisa Lampanelli as a coach it's going to be women in their 40s and 50s who are struggling with their weight blah 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 blah, blah and not Wayne this buff psychotic <laughs> inventor and I was like, that's a fact. I am embarrassed to tell people that I have a life coach. I know it's getting less and less embarrassing every time I let it out in public places and people look at me all strange. Yeah, it and literally they don't know yeah. it's you, by the way, if they knew it's you, it'd be even crazier. I know. And you don't you just you, you're just atypical for who you think of as asking for help. So I'm glad you sort of defy the stereotype and show that, hey, listen, it doesn't matter what you do for a living. It doesn't matter if you're a plumber, a baker, a freaking comedian, uh, an inventor like you are, you can ask for help and get it. So I'm really proud yeah. of you. I'm always also proud of you. You can tell the audience if, you know, in as little or much detail as you want, what's kind of the basic issue we work on? Well, you know, it's funny. I've just to prepare to talk to you. I pulled out some of my old homework you gave me. I'm talking like back in, you know, November. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the first things is my biggest issue in the world is my youngest son's autism and me dealing with that. And some of the first homework you gave me mm. was to actually create a list of the things, the dreams that I felt were lost and the grief that I had over my son's autism, but then also to list all the, the good things, right? Mm, right. But when I came up with those lists, basically, even while I started creating the list of bad things, I started crossing shit off. You said, yeah, how, like, I think the first thing, oh yeah, the first thing on the list was, you know, he, he's never going to grow, be married when he grows up and get married. And you're like, well, how the hell do you know that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, you know what? How the hell do I know that? Right. And 
right away I started picking off that list and peeling it apart. And, and you know, the biggest thing about that issue, again, it, it really is. Like, I have so many issues, as we all do, but I got to tell you, the autism thing threw me for a loop, mm. you know? And I'm a problem solver. I'm a guy that, you know, I run a small company. I'm always, you know, like you said, I present pretty well, although people know I'm quite manic, but you kind of have to be to get my job done. Right, right. But to really just let go and to deal with that really what's always kind of the elephant in the room is that issue. It just threw me for a loop. It was like my kryptonite. Yeah. Suddenly I had to cure autism. I had to not just cure my son, but find a way to cure autism, find a way, you know, my life became autism and, you know, it was incredible because I never, until I spoke to you, I was always trying to deal with the so-called problem, but I never dealt with the grief. Yeah. You know, that's the funny part of it. People don't know that they can have grief even if somebody isn't dead. So what we basically dealt with was this death of a dream of what dreams might you have had for that child when he was born. And then it's uh, what I love is that you were so brave. You made this big list. And then, as you said, it's just like, oh, well, that's not really true. Let me cross that off. Let me cross that off. And then the list is really short. And then you're like, well, that's stuff that kind of is on that list doesn't matter anyway. Like, what do I care if he's not a scientist? Like, you know, it's just like, is that that really? Exercise turned everything around for me. I'm telling you, and I've shared this now with uh, a lot of other special needs parents, like in my circle, Mm -hmm. because we all deal with that same thing. And, um, uh, you know, I hope it helps them too, because, you know, I dealt with it with a therapist and everything and, and she, she was good about it. And, you know, I know I'm a common sense guy. I know how to feel about things, but I just never looked at it from the point of view of the grief thing. And even the same thing, you had me look at my, you know, my divorce the same way. Right. Um, the grief thing. And I actually found a lot of a lot more good things in the divorce yeah. than actual bad things because it was time to take the reins in my life and actually get some shit done. Yeah. Well, I think also uh, people think if you start grieving something, it'll never end. You'll end up depressed and never leaving your house. And you see that it really didn't impact you badly. It impacted you in a good way because you're able to just be sad for a little while and then, okay, well... I'm kind of just working on it now. Well, you know, it taught me two kinds of grief as well, too, because, you know, my, my oldest brother, that's in, or my youngest brother, I should say, killed himself three years ago, shot himself, you mm-hmm. know, horrible thing, wish he had had some help. Yeah. And that's a grief that, like, you know, that death, death never goes away, but it you know, the freshness of it all goes away eventually, right? You know, there's an ending, there's a closure. But when it comes to grief of, you know, like my special needs child, somebody that lives the autism, that goes on forever. And so that grief is always fresh. And I think, like you say, that's why people don't think of it as grief. Um, they don't, they equate grief with death mainly. Mm. But you know, you can have grief. I had grief over my losing my first love. Yeah. I, yeah. I fought back to that grief and I was like, I wanted to cut my guts out. I remember that. Sure. You know what I mean? So grief is on all different levels, you know? But yeah. until you deal with it, you cannot. Um, you cannot move on. There's just no way, whether it's living grief or dead grief. You know, I think of this as living grief because they'll always be there, you know? And it was great too. You mentioned before about homework. Um, I 
always laugh because I'm so proud of you. You literally are the only person who I coach who always 100% of the time does their homework. And um, they taught us in coaching class, they said, it says a lot about a person if they do or don't do the homework. And yeah, it's nothing negative if they don't. It just means they're not ready to go there. They're not ready to take time for themselves. You were just like, I am not comfortable with the pain. I'm doing that homework. And you'll even email it to me sometimes. And I'm like, wow, this is really somebody who goes, yeah, I'm freaking doing this. And I'm going to actually have a life that counts versus um, I'm too scared to go there. Like you haven't been afraid. And if you have been afraid, you haven't let it hold you back. Well, I will be honest with you this way. And I think I've told you this before, too. There's times because you're, you know, you're extremely busy. So there's times where we like don't hook up and hey, you know, let's uh, let's talk three days from now, whatever. Right. And there's been times where I don't quite have my homework done yeah, or I put yeah. it off. And I'm like, thank you, God. I yeah. didn't want to talk. <laughs> or then you'll call me and I'll be like, Jesus, you know, that means I actually have to get this shit yeah. done. Yeah. That, well, you that's know? where the... And then I do it and I'm happy and I'm proud of myself. See, yeah, that's where you the know? accountability of coaching is good. It's like not a threat, but it's almost like, oh, boy, I got to be spurred on to make this happen. Hey, when they told me I got this podcast, I'm like, oh, my God, now I actually have to ask my fans for letters uh, that they need advice with. With. Now I have to line up the guests. Now I have to line up the callers. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. But then you see the greater good that comes out of it for yourself and for other people. So it's always worth it. But don't worry, we all need a little push. So and now I understand why you're so understanding about when I have to push it off three days. I know what's secretly going on now. So oh, yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> because it does clear my plate. Even good. like today, I was I knew I was going to call you and I was like, leading up to it, I'm like, oh, I hope Open gets canceled for some reason. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, because I was so scared, and and I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I do think that's what coaching's kind of all about too. It's great. I guess coaching. I used to laugh about it and say, "Oh, you know, that's stupid." You yeah, know, me too. Me too. No, I realized that it really is coaching, and it's like having that person to give you a kick in the ass. Right. Right. If it's the right person, it really does help. Kind of keep yourself accountable. Yeah. Now, you know, would you say that because sometimes with you, since I know you pretty well, but even from like the first session, I was just very blunt with you, meaning like there's two school the thought. And I asked some of my clients what they'd rather. I always say, would you rather me just sort of let you ramble for five, you know, sessions and then you're just going around in circles? Or would you rather me say, listen, you want to hear what I think this is? I got a hunch you married your father or whatever it is. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, that's it. That is what you actually <laughs> Yeah, I said it first. You, were, you got a good memory. Yeah, first session. <laughs> I was like, Wayne, you want to know what's going on? You married your father. Okay, tell me if I'm wrong. And you're like, oh, my God, I did. Would you Would you rather to have come to that conclusion yourself or are you glad that I brought that up? I am totally glad because I would have never come to that conclusion because I would have never looked at that relationship that way. I just wouldn't have done it. Right. You know, when you don't have somebody in your corner, again, that coaching kind of thing, you tend to take the easy way out. Like if, if things are going okay, so hey, I'll just deal with the, the bad shit by not actually dealing with it. Yeah. Like, you know, for years, I mean, I, I masked everything with, you know, I overate like crazy. I've lost like 50 pounds. I, I drank too much. I acted out in anger. Like all these things I look back on now. Yeah. 
they were all ways of like escaping actually having to deal with myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all those things that that I have through life, by the way. Right. And what's funny is my own PTSD that I brought on to myself, really. Right. Well, what's (laughs) good about you is too, like I would bring up stuff from the conversation that you kind of weren't even calling to talk about. You just throw it in like, oh, and so like I got out of the car and I was like yelling at this person Uh, and or you know me, I speed, I go fast. And like, that wasn't even what the call was about. But I'm like, let's pick apart why you feel you have to be so aggressive on the road. So you just kind of went with it instead instead of, you know, I remember in the old days when I got, you know, my shrink or coaching, I'd be like, no, 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 man, that's not what I'm calling about. So but you went with it. And I think people just have to know that you have to stay open. And yeah, you're not always going to want to go down that road that the coach wants you to, but at least keep an open mind, which is what you do. As an inventor, the best ideas always come like in the spur of the moment, like you throw everything out there. You cannot be afraid. And that's what I tell myself, even doing this with you, this has been great. But you know, I stopped telling myself this actually a couple months ago, but for for the first few months, I was saying, you know, this is really stupid. Why do I have Lisa Lampanelli right. as my life coach? Why am I doing this shit? What? I was like, why? Why am I doing this? Why is she doing this? Right. It was like the whole question, like, and I would miss it if like we couldn't talk for a week or right. so. Right, right. Right, And I would start using the things that we talked about, like in the real situations, you know, stuff came up today with my mom. Yeah. Uh, The same thing, how she always, because I'm that guy who has to solve all the problems and dive in and I'm, you know, Mr. Plan of Action. She, you know, uses that to like make me, she likes to get me flustered and make me think everything is an emergency. Right. Because I think she's like addicted to that in herself. And she tried pulling that today and I actually thought about it and uh, was able to kind of quell the situation. Yeah, see? I recognized what she was doing even though she did not recognize it. Right. Because really, your your job isn't to change her. You just change you. And you've been doing that for months now. It's very impressive. You know, again, you're never one that I look in the book and dread. You know, I, I it's very interesting to me. I'm starting to figure out what my line has to be on. Why do I dread this certain person? And do I really need an energy suck in my life as a client? Yeah, we want to help people, but you're not one of those people because I think it's actually, I enjoy forward motion. Like, I really like that you do your work. So is there anything in closing that I can do differently for you? Anything that I effed up with or hurt your feelings? or anything? Uh, Not for me personally, but I do want to give you a critique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not about how you handle me at all, because you are awesome. Okay. Okay, there's no doubt. Anybody out there listening better know this is not bullshit. I thought at first that Lisa Lampanelli is, how can she be serious? You are the most professional, serious life coach, slash, I'm going to say therapist, that I've ever seen. Wow. Thank you, I really believe it. But here's my critique of you, and I think this plays off of what you just said about energy sucking and all that. Mm. I feel... That you have a problem, and I could be completely wrong, but I do think you have a problem saying, not saying no enough, because <laughs> you really feel like you got to help everybody. You're right. Yes. I saw you getting yourself sick and everything. I didn't like it. Aww. As you're, 
as your coachy, as your student, whatever you got to call me, I didn't like that. I don't like that. And I'm not kissing your ass. I really mean that. I thought long and hard about what's my critique of you. Yeah. That's my critique. You better you better coach yourself and start saying no to shit like my oldest son does. Yeah. Because you can't help everybody. But you can help a lot of people just by doing what you're doing now. But you don't have to help everybody personally, Lisa. You can't do that. People are going to take advantage of you, including myself. And you know, though, I'm always go with the flow. Oh, yeah. I, what do I do? I tell, I'm going to tell you this publicly. You could drop me tonight, and it's awesome because you've helped me all the way. So, And I know that day's coming. Or it could even be where well, every six months you're like, hey, you know, for the hell of it, I'm going to call up Wayne. Right, That's right. fine. You are not obligated in Aww. any way, shape, or form. I'm saying that publicly right now. So, But then I hope that you feel the same way with other people that I know are taking advantage of the fact that you want to save everybody. Well, listen, this is a very good critique. You're right, because I do tend to think I haven't, quote unquote, haven't done enough. I was even talking, Mm -hmm. I was being coached today in my class, and I was saying, you know, when have I done enough? Why can't I just sit around sometimes? And it's like, oh, Uh you're you're bringing up exactly right. And actually, you know what I like to? Guys, women are a little better at, you know, saying emotions on their mind. But guys, learn and women from how Wayne did when I was sick and whatnot. He would be like, I hope you're doing okay. And if there's anything I can do and this and that. People like to be checked on even if they seem super strong. So me, I come off as tough and strong. And that was very nice of you. That was totally cool. And what you said tonight really makes my day because the point is, yes, I can help some people. I can't help everybody. And I can pick and choose just like I would comedy gigs in the past, like I am now with storytelling events. I'm just picking and choosing. So thank you. Sometimes we just need to hear it. So that's really awesome. That's thank you, Wayne. big of you to say because that is true. I feel the same. I bet you so many people out there feel the same thing as you just said. I love it once in a while when somebody just shows a little that they care. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, because everything with social media now and every people think they're friends and they're not. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's no, like, human support. I think that's why this coaching thing has been fabulous. And by the way, anybody who doubts that coaching cannot work over the phone, oh, you're yeah. insane. Coaching the phone is the best friggin' the best. way to do it. It's I, fabulous. I, I, for some reason, I only do over the phone. I don't want to do Skype. I don't want to look at anybody. Yeah. I don't want to have them looking at me without makeup on exactly. so they have a freaking breakdown. I start crying and shit sometimes. Yeah. I, just, I don't want to be seen, you know? I think it adds this <laughs> weird layer. And sometimes I think also because I I'm a better listener um, on the phone because I have to focus 100% that I think that works. So, uh, you know, I love this. And who knows, Wayne, I may find a way to help people on a bigger scale uh, more at the same time. Who knows? I'm starting actually a coaching group online and also one in person that I'm like, oh, a group, that's cute. And then have some individual clients that I like and just who are really moving forward like as masters. So thank you for your very kind critique and thank you for well, just I'm up for anything you're up to so keep me posted oh yeah and wayne by the way guys listening out there wayne came on to one of my workshops it's called when it's time to change and you were great because you participated you were emotional vulnerable and men out there don't be worried and i was the only guy there except I know. For my friend one of my good friends who i brought so i brought him to that yeah it was all women and i learned a lot because i did not know that women worry about being seen crying yeah, the same way guys do. I never thought that, 
I never looked at women. That was just, I won't even get into it, but I learned so much there. And it was pretty interesting to go and really share your feelings with the, with this group of women. Cause I thought it was going to be stupid. I'm kind of like, she said, a blue collar guy. It felt really stupid walking into a workshop. Right. But you killed it. Go. You killed it. Was it. Fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> and, and your buddy, Don, who came with you, he said he might think about becoming a coach himself. And I was like, oh, this is so cool that people actually opened up, especially guys. Cause even like the food and body image stuff I do in workshops, Men struggle with that too. Like you said, you lost like 50 pounds. Like that's a big deal. So I I, hope your biggest, my biggest problem was seriously eating. I I could not, I cannot tell you how bad it was. I was eating like 10,000 calories in a sitting. It was, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Well, my doctor is so amazed by the change. She can't believe it. Oh, well, I love you, man. Back that those layers. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to fix yourself and finding the you you want to be, you know. And listen, life, you know, I say to people now, they're like, how you doing? I'm like, you know, I'm really happy. I'm really grateful. I'm really thankful. Even when terrible shit's happening. Yeah, exactly. Terrible stuff's going to happen. Right. It's how you deal with it. You got to look at the good things, you right. know. Right. And next up, Wayne, guess what I'm going to do when we start back on I coach you your next thing next week. Here's your homework yeah. for next week. I want a step-by-step plan for you meeting a girl because I'm sick and tired of you not getting laid. I know. Holy shit. I am lonely and I'm tired of my left hand. Oh, so. gross. Okay. <laughs> no, I love you, man. We'll talk next week and thank you. God bless you, Wade. Thanks for calling in. God bless you. Okay, bye. Bye, buddy. What did we learn? Everybody, that was fantastic. I loved our show today. First of all, we've learned that guess what? Don't feel sorry and pity people who have it, what you think is more difficult because they've turned things around. Guys like Wayne had turned around the fact that he has supposedly an abnormal child, in quotes, and yet he turned it around to go, I am blessed and I'm happy that I have this great kid and there's no grief that needs to be unrecognized. There's Brad Williams who don't pity a guy like Brad. You see him walking around. Yeah, he in his words is a midget, but he can embrace it and go look at how good and happy and healthy my life is. And I have my wife and my dog and my career. So people, listen, we can get through it. We still don't know what Donald Trump's nutsack looks like. But hey, if anybody knows, call into the show. Let Lisa help. See you all next week. Thanks for listening to Let Lisa Help with Lisa Lampanelli. For more info on Lisa's storytelling shows, her workshops, and her life coaching services, go to lisalampanelli.com. You can also follow Lisa on the socials at Lisa Lampanelli. New episodes of Let Lisa Help are available weekly on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. And if you love the show, make sure to leave a rating and review. Curb Appeal. You know it when you see it. And with the Home Depot, today is the day for doing. Boost your curb appeal with the best brands at the best prices. From new garage doors to colorful flowers, exterior lights to a new coat of paint, inspiration to installation. You can do it or let the Home Depot do it for you. Visit homedepot.com services for more information on installing your next project. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. U.S. only. See store for details.
AP News is sponsored by ADT. Real protection is professionally installed smart home security backed by 24-7 monitoring. Our team will help you customize a system for your home, including video doorbells, indoor and outdoor cameras, smart locks, and lights that can be controlled from the ADT app or the sound of your voice. You can even help keep your loved ones safe on the go with location sharing, driving activity alerts, and an emergency SOS button through the ADT Go app. That's ADT. Real protection.